Hello and welcome to another episode of This Particular Album is Very, Very Important to Me. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them. And here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Is there a reason? There doesn't have to be. I don't think there is. It's been a lovely day. Yeah. Like the weather. I don't know what it's going to be when we put this out, but today, mm-hmm. real nice. Right. Windows down, feeling real good. Well, by yeah. the time this is out, the apocalypse could have happened. I know. Like, well, this is unfortunate. I can almost guarantee it will be fire season. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Welcome to the last podcast you will ever listen to. It's going to be a good one, though. Yeah, you picked a good one to die yeah, to. I sure did. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a real complex day. It sounds like it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm Me glad too. that this means that the day is over. We'll do this. I'll watch soccer afterwards. I'm going to be a happy Joel Spence. That's amazing. It's a good day. Yeah. Um, should we get sad? Yes. Are you? Is your song that you picked sad? I put it up. Uh, I just want to let you know I did put it up before, but once again it was within like an hour oh, of I doing this. Check. Yeah, so uh, we might as well do mine since we're talking about it. It's a it's another Tom Waits song, and I've <laughs> I've done a Tom Waits song for this particular song already, and I'm surprised it's only been two. Okay. By this point, Got so it. there's going to be more eventually. Okay. It's my podcast. <laughs> Fuck cares. Um, even though you've told me I have to pick a new artist every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, uh, and I was just sort of searching through, uh, it's, it's one of the fun parts of this job actually is just looking for songs that mean a lot to me. And there's so many, and there's lots of different ways uh, that they mean something to me. And I don't have like a personal story, but this is uh, Falling Down by Tom Waits, which was the sort of random song he put on a live album that came out in 80... Somebody knows uh, <laughs> something like Katie, and it's it's not alive. Uh, it's not part oh. of the live. It's sort of this random. That's strange. Yeah, and just the title already sounds sad. Yeah, no relation to the, the Michael movie. Douglas movie. No, no relation. <laughs> Sometimes follow the lyrics, sometimes don't. He writes that way, where it's like different angles of certain, and you can make your own connections to it. But there's something so grand about it, and a funeral. Funeral. Yes, thank you. Falling down, you forget all the roses don't come around. What time in your life? Did you discover this song? Um, probably about in the early 90s when I was like going way deep into this artist. Something sloppy about it, and that's when I was, I really connected to him and that sort of, um, the melodrama, the European Vagabond type music. I don't yeah. know. I can't really describe <laughs> Such it. Such a but... specific genre. Yeah. <laughs> is this ever? Is Tom Waits ever uplifting for you, or is it always? Yeah. I think even this is is. There's something about. There's one line in here that says, someone yell timber, take off your hat, about this building in one in, in one interpretation just falling down that I, I think Tom Waits loves uh, the the mud and the like the worn down stuff in the world. And so part of what I get is just saying goodbye to this ugly building like an eyesore, but he sees the beauty in all that happened in this building. Yeah. That's what I connect to it. So in a way, 
let's not just walk past these things that are crumbling because they had life in them at some point. This reminds me of uh, of the Georgia Dome. Uh, it, it, the Georgia Dome is in Atlanta. I think that's where the Falcons used to play. It's this big NFL stadium, and they destroyed it. They they detonated it into to like replace it with something else or whatever. And and someone like a pedestrian took a video of it, but set up his camera across the street. Oh. I've you seen, you know what yeah, I'm talking about? I've seen this. Is it a bus that comes? Yeah, the bus, bus comes and you just hear, oh! <laughs> and the bus has to just stop, and it's one of those, I think it's one of those situations where the bus is ahead of schedule or something and just sort of stops. Oh, and so then funny. the building, they call the building collapses, and the guy just gets a terrible shot. But you hear him go, oh, man! <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Uh, that was Tom Waits. <laughs> I've never done this before. That was Tom Waits. <laughs> Falling down. You'd make a good DJ. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We'll be right back after these messages <laughs> from Grape Nuts. <laughs> you got your first sponsor. There you go. You just call them out and then yeah. they have to. They will yeah. come they send have, you we money. We just keep plugging Grape Nuts. Yeah. If you plug it, they will pay. <laughs> so the song I picked is Slow Show by The National. Mm. So I went off. I did a two-fold connection. Um, this has been one that I've been wanting to pick because the National is one of my all-time favorite bands. They were, I will see them in concert every possible time. They are um, the first sitter we got when my baby was very little. I mean, it was just Berg, but um, <laughs> <laughs> to go to a National concert. Standing at the punch table swallowing punch Can't pay attention to the sounds of anyone a Little more stupid, little more scared Every minute Taking my life today Everything I love is lost in joy So I wanna start over I wanna be winning Way out of sync from the this album is the first album that I knew of them, and it came out in 2007, same year as... In Rainbows. Year, yeah. Rainbows. yeah. And it was like a huge year of transition for me. It was when I started taking classes at UCB. It's when I met my husband. It's when I met basically most of my friends that aren't my college friends. And this song in particular, this is probably my favorite national song. It's, I guess I do have a lot of songs that are either like that Alex and I, where we are like, this is our song, or just songs that make me think of him, but this is one that makes me think of him. Or maybe it's our song. I don't know. I leaned on the wall, the wall leaned away. Can I get a minute and not be nervous? There's like a line that's like 29 years uh, before I met you. It'll play at the end, but it, it always, I wasn't even 29 when I met him. I was 27, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> it, it always felt like this was like my song for him. Yeah. Oh. came very close to being the song our first dance and then yeah. we didn't and then another couple who got married the week before us we weren't at their wedding but they used this as oh. their song so i was like that you knew that we knew well, yeah. dodged uh, yeah 
started this whole idea that this episode is going to be about sadness, and that I didn't really have a big agenda with that. That was just a <laughs> joke. And then now that you were thinking about it and how how the national makes me feel, I'm not sure if I ever do feel sad. I just feel emotions, I guess. And maybe yeah. that's what if they're sad emotions, I suppose, then it still makes me feel better when a song like Falling Down or when I'm listening to The National and it is like technically sad, but I just feel maybe that's just the experience of connecting to an artist where yeah. you're just like, I'm relieved in a way that's like a cathartic. I yeah, suppose. it's so cathartic. That's actually, I feel like whenever people talk about Radiohead as a very depressing band, I'm always like, I truly do not feel depressed when I listen to any of their songs. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, the, the the material is so moody and dark, but I never leave any of those songs with despair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. If you're digging this podcast, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Deborah and I love doing this show, and good reviews help us continue to bring fun guests and great albums to you. Special thanks to those of you who already have rated and reviewed. You know who you are, we know who you are, and we're looking forward to reading some new ones. And now, back to the program. Speaking of super deep... <laughs> I'll take it. You'll take it? I'll take it. We'll get uh, it one day. <laughs> our guest is a writer, comedian, and podcaster hailing from Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. I've spent some time there, and I continue to spend time there. I don't know why. Uh, I went to college there. Oh, that, yeah. I went to know. SMU. Oh. And my brother and his uh, wife, Meredith, and their two daughters live there, so I visit there quite a bit. That's a good reason to go. Yeah. Yeah. He's best known. This is, Deborah wrote this. <laughs> Sold you out. Oh, I want to. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> he is best known for co-hosting the podcast Gilmore Guys mm-hmm. and his work on the NBC comedy series The Good Place. He currently writes for The Late Late Show with James Corden. Demi, yes. did you eBay? Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having Thank me. You for I'm being very here. excited to be here. Tell me about your podcast first. Uh, it's called Punch Up the Jam. Um, it's basically it's me and my best friend Miel, who's also a comedian and a musically minded person. We uh, talk about a popular song of any sort of genre or age or whatever, and just dissect the lyrics and the music. And then at the end of every episode, the premise is like with every song, there's something that you can say is like wrong with it. And a lot of times, like no, there isn't. But but that's just mm-hmm. how we approach it. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, we debut a uh, quote-unquote punch-up that one of us has done, which is really just a parody of it. <laughs> oh, great. But, yeah, it's really fun. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This I'm very exciting. Yeah, it's just... Uh, talking about music in general is something I love so much. It's, I mean, I do a podcast about it currently, but I'm also just like... Talking about this specific album, I'm like... I'm always just egging people on. I feel like people who love Radiohead are a very specific type, and I'm like, I don't want to be that person. But if someone right. was truly like, tell me about it, I'd be like, great, cool. Now yeah. that you've opened the door, it's like being a <laughs> vampire. It. It's like, I need to be invited in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, great, cool. Let me just wreck you. Uh, so what particular album is very, very important to you? The album that is very important to me is In Rainbows by Radiohead. Fantastic. Yeah. And that was like, that was it for you. We asked and you were like, it has to be this one. Well, so I, on, <laughs> Not I did make a demand. Yeah. No, I uh, basically was like, I know that you've had a guest talk about Radiohead, so I can give you some alts, but honestly, this is the album that I am like, well, I can talk about it incessantly. Which is a, great. And that's what we want. I'm curious what other, you can tell us uh, what other albums you were, would have considered, but it, but your confidence in this one, I was like, both of us were like, yeah, yeah we're going to do this. I uh, Other albums I had considered were, uh, there were two albums by The Strokes, uh, First Impressions of Earth and Room on Fire, both of which were like, Room on Fire was like, I think my first ever, this is my favorite album album. Yeah. Uh, and The Strokes were my first ever, this my favorite band first impressions of earth is their first album where everyone was like "Mm, maybe this band's not so good but it inspired a lot of things for me even though i'm like i like half the album but like one of the music videos on that album just straight up was like convinced me oh i want to make music videos like that's what i want to do uh and like a lot of the songs in that album i feel like are just so intrinsically tied to my high school life and i have like stories about how each of them makes me feel yeah uh i picked i think a saint vincent album just Mm. because She's my mm. favorite solo artist, she's like, period. maybe the coolest person on the planet. She's so cool. I think she is maybe the, like, 
the closest thing we have to like a modern day rock star. And I'm just yeah. like so enthralled by everything she does. And I'm like, I want to talk about her and her music forever. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember what, oh, Beach House, uh, their album Teen Dream, which is to me, it's like my second favorite album. Mm. And when I say favorite album, it's like, these are the albums where even though I might not listen to them all the time, it's like when I think of like what I consider to be the best and most fitting to my personality, I'm like, oh, these ones. Yeah. And with that one, I used to listen to it every single time I got into a plane and just stare out the window and like eventually fall asleep. And it's just like a ritual for me. Yeah. And I just think every song on that album is perfect. I love listening to an album start to finish. Like, I feel like it's rare now for me that I because I feel like when I get into an album, I never like I feel this hesitation of like yeah some of these songs are fine yeah. but when I find an album that I completely click with like top to bottom I'm just like this is a special thing yeah, yeah. and is yeah. is in rainbows that yeah. for you and is that your that is your favorite album or yes. it's just very okay it, it's funny I discovered Radiohead uh, like most men in college and uh, <laughs> it became a thing where I so I had friends who really loved The Strokes and I loved The Strokes and I be was becoming closer with these friends and they were I was like what's your favorite band and they're like Radiohead and I was like well I really want to like Radiohead too but I've never really given them a shot aside from when this album was announced I was like okay I, I listened to one of these songs and that was like my entire exposure to it oh, so you hadn't heard any other Radiohead before no. this album no I okay. had heard uh, Body Snatchers from this album and then like the famous singles of Radiohead yeah. but I was like oh I know that they're a popular band I've just never given it a shot and then I was like, well, okay, I'm going to get into Radiohead. And my method was, okay, I'm going to spend the next two weeks only listening to Radiohead and spending two days on each album because they had seven at the time. Okay. And so I started with their first album, Pablo Honey, in two days. And I was like, this is not, it's <laughs> fine, but not for me. <laughs> yeah. And then I got to the Benz and I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. And then I got to OK Computer and I was like, oh, this is really, <laughs> yeah. really good. And then I got to, uh, I think at OK Computer, I was like, okay, yeah, this band's definitely going to be great for me. Then I got to Kid A and I was just kind of like, I remember being like mad because I didn't understand it. And I was like, this is the one everyone <laughs> loves. I don't get it. It's stupid. Whatever. Uh, I think over time I've just been like, I still don't fully get it, but I appreciate it so much more now than I did before. Yeah. Uh, then I got to Hail to the Thief and I was like, this is really weird and political and cool. Uh, and then I got to In Rainbows and I was just like, oh my God, this is the best album I've ever heard in my life. That's and amazing. I was just like, that's when I was like, no, I'm a I'm a Radiohead fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a really big Radiohead fan. <laughs> I remember sitting in the uh, laundry room of my college and just sitting there like just staring, just like, oh my God. And what yeah. an amazing experience. Like I, I can't, I'm hard pressed to think of a time where I really had that like, this is my band. Yeah. Like to actually remember that moment. Like I have bands that are my bands, but right. to, to like have that moment I feel like and to give the full commitment to... Oh, I brute force myself into enjoying this band. So on some <laughs> level, it's like, it might be Stockholm Syndrome, but I also, I'm like, the music's good. Uh, did you say, what year of college? Uh, uh, this was my, probably my first year of college. Mm -hmm. So I want to say this was 2011. Uh, so and, where was this? Uh, Texas, Austin. UT. Oh, UT? Yeah. Um, you know, Radiohead always, there's been particular moments in my life where the full album has I can associate a place mm -hmm. with this uh, an album um, Kid A I was in London I was had some, I was going to school there for a year and uh, I was walking through the Heath uh, and listening to that album over and over yeah. again and it was sort of perfect because it was very London weather at the time right. um, and uh this the last one um, I'm spacing on the name that came out three years ago. Oh, uh, a moon-shaped pool. Moon-shaped pool. Uh, I was in. I, it sounds like I'm a great, huge world traveler, but I was <laughs> taking trains through Austria and Switzerland, oh, and, wow. and I had that album. I was like, oh, I haven't listened to it yet, and then that's all I listened to for the. Mm -hmm. um, but they can consume you, I think. Yeah. Like, pretty. Uh, well i remember the week that that album was announced they dropped the first single burn the witch and i was uh house sitting for a friend of mine and i just kept taking walks and listening to that uh song over and over with like their dog and being like this is the this is the most incredible thing and then they dropped the album and i was still dog sitting and i was i just kept taking a walk around the same block being like i'm gonna listen to this album in full before i go inside and so like yeah. it's also very like tied for me to a location. so what was life like for you at this college what were you studying and I was studying film. Uh, I basically had been like, 
I, in like middle school, I got very into just like making videos and like teaching myself to use After Effects and all these editing programs because I was like, oh, I want to be able to do these things and I don't know how. And then I just got so into it that I was like, I want to go to college and like do this professionally. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I went and applied for film and got into UT and I was like, cool. Uh, this is where I'll ever, my parents really wanted me to do computer science. So I applied everywhere else <laughs> under that. But UT let me in for film. It's my second choice. And I was like, mom, it's the best uh, college. <laughs> it's and say, why don't we just... Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. And so, did you connect well with the, your classmates? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a big school. It's a huge school. I, I think that I was generally good. I think even in high school, I was generally good at just kind of floating in and out of like different groups and being like, oh, I can get along with anyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then like finding music in common that I loved was sort of the big thing for me. So finding this was such a thing. freshman year CD burning was just becoming mm -hmm. a thing so like my friend Samer with there was like a group of eight of us always hung out he had a CD burner nobody else did and so I have them still I, I love a mix CD and I love any sort of burnt CD I yeah. still have so many when I was doing Gilmore guys there was a time where I became very close to some of our listeners and they sent me CDs and I just had them in my car for so long as they wanted them to listen to and it's just like some of those songs I'm just like still just think of them mm -hmm. and like what That's it was awesome. like at that time and it's so great uh this song i just because i'm like the album's playing yeah. I, I really want to talk oh yeah, yeah i please. one thing i love so much about radiohead is it feels like on all of their songs every instrument is doing something that's interesting and if you were to isolate any of them it'd still be like a very cool thing yeah This song is in such a weird time signature to me that it kind of feels like it would be set to like an old like Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor tap number. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's just, I think because like of the, the percussion, I just imagine like tapping and just it being like they're very like uh -huh. moving. And so I always imagine that when I hear this song. to listen to this from start to finish or can you do you just randomly put on songs I can sometimes randomly put on a song or like it'll come up on like a big playlist that I have that's on shuffle but I feel like the time I like it the most is when I play it all the way through like I yeah. love just putting it on like as a record and then like, I get to the last song on side A and then flip it over and be like it feels like I'm just starting an entirely new record yeah. again but it just splits so well right in the middle that I like it a lot I like Body Snatchers a lot. That, I think, might have been the first, or I think definitely is, the first Radiohead song I ever heard, like, of my own volition. The, I, this is really nerdy, guitar nerdy, but the intro, I, I'm going to actually play it again because you don't really, the last version of the riff is the one where you kind of go, oh, I know what, how this yes. song is going to start. The time, the, like, the way it comes in is, like, if you heard it, you'd think it was like, dun, 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 but it's actually like it's, dun, 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 dun. it's like this weird syncopation where yeah. I, every time I hear it, I'm like, that's, I, I'm thinking of it wrong. And then when he sings, I do not, I'm like, yeah. okay, now I know. They're so weird. <laughs> Understand what it is. 
this is one of the songs that when I was getting into Radiohead over that like 14 day span, I was just kind of like, I want to learn some of this on guitar. And I was like, I'm going to learn this opening riff on guitar. Yeah. And I started playing it and I was like, you, you, do you know what this is? My friend was like, no, I don't know what this is. And I was like, it's Body Snatchers. And she was like, no, it's not. <laughs> but then I just spent like the rest of the year being like, I'm going to figure it out. And it turns out it's way easier than I thought. But I just, oh. it's one of my favorite things to like, sometimes I'll just be like idle in my house and just be, pick up a guitar and be like, just strum out that opening pattern. Yeah, me too. Uh. <laughs> do you play any instruments? I don't. Uh. I'm very, um, I have uh, something called dysgraphia. And uh. it's a, uh, it's, multiple things it's a version of dyslexia but it's um makes it very hard for my brain to be doing something my hands to be doing oh, like wow. my brain and my hands don't connect it's a writing thing where oh. um like if, if there was a chalkboard and i was writing down stuff from the chalkboard i might leave things out not realizing it oh, or wow. i forget how to form letters it's not that i do it backwards but i will you'll say write a d and so it's not that i'd write it as a b i literally my brain will go I don't know how to write this letter. Wow. It's not, it, it's like, was much harder in school. It's totally. I, I'm, I right. can, um, it's. When did you find out that you had that? In, uh, at the, going into ninth grade, uh, I was like basically failing out of junior high and we didn't know why. And my teacher, mm. my Spanish teacher called me lazy. That's very, always the worst. It was so horrible. I was trying so hard and languages are especially hard yeah. and music is a language. It's very, my brain just can't process it that way. Right. But summer or eighth grade I uh, got tested for stuff and then ended up going to a my high school was a school for kids with learning disabilities yeah. so it made it I was able to like learn how to learn yeah but uh, it's That's it's wild. always frustrating I wish I could play music but I definitely can't do I can't think about something do something with my hands yeah and especially if it's reading music then processing and then two different things with your hands yeah totally i've tried to learn guitar and it's very hard i still have trouble with so many things on guitar that it's like i will just stick to either songs that i've written for joke songs or yeah. just like playing specific parts of songs because it's like oh my hand can't go to that yeah but it's funny you say that while we're talking about this song because a lot of it is about like feeling a well like the metaphor is like feeling a disconnect from your body yeah and like just, but I think it's supposed to be about how they felt under like their record contract. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I love how energetic this song is too, because yeah. it feels very furious. This which, is a good build one too. Yeah. This is one that I put on my workout playlist because it feels like very like persistent and then it has mm. that like doo -doo 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 -doo, where you're like, okay, just take a breath and then yeah. it'll come right back and it's like, no, okay, That's run right. down the block just for the last part of this workout. <laughs> songs I also love their use of like strings yeah it's all Johnny Greenwood yeah the the, the mad genius yeah I mean they've got two they've got a band with two crazy geniuses yeah. who by all I mean just based on longevity work together really well right which is crazy yeah you wouldn't expect i, yeah. I never expect two geniuses yeah i feel like but we do it we do you, you, yeah you i, do right I mean every generation there's one uh i feel like they work together pretty well because it feels like tom is so front and center that he's fine with that and True. johnny greenwood feels like he's always just like i just want to take the backseat and do really cool things with different instruments right and i love his like the scores he does for paul thomas anderson yeah. too so yeah. it's just like, I, I think he's just genuinely like, I just want to try some cool stuff with orchestras a lot. And Tom's like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. Yeah. You, would you consider this a sad song? You'll 
mean, it's... There's just constant loss in his voice. Yeah. Uh, and... I think I might be a person that thinks like Radiohead is sad. Totally. Yeah. Like emotion tends to be sad in music unless yeah. it's yeah. poppy. So I guess I might say the same thing about the national. Maybe they are. A sad yeah. I, I guess, yes, it would be sad. I guess I was trying to get sad out of the pejorative sense of like, totally. this music is sad. Right. So why are we listening? It's to emotional. It? Yeah. It might be better. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, hundred percent. This is sad. I think so too. <laughs> I think how stripped down it is makes it feel even sadder to me just because it's like, yeah. Compared to the rest of the album, it feels so bare, and it's just like Lonely it's and in light percussion and very light guitar, and then it slowly builds, but it's not very much. Yeah. I tell you what, I think Moonshape Pool, mm-hmm. once again, when I saw them in Austin, that was the the latest album, so they were playing yeah. tracks from this, and. Not long after that concert, Tom York's ex-partner had died uh, of cancer, I think. And they had split up not long before she had died. Yeah. But a lot of the songs on Moonshape Pool, I'm doing this, I'm not sure if he intended this, but I'm connecting everything. And it was post the death that I started to listen to those songs with even more... Uh, wait to it, them. It feels like in some way there were things that were intentional because the last track on that album is uh, True Love Waits, which was a yeah. song they wrote originally like back in like Yeah, they've been working on forever. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was on a live album, but they never released like a studio That's version. Right. And so for them to do it now feels like it's a little like, what what is it about the timing now that you're like, okay, I do think it's time to release this. It feels like it's maybe more personal to them. Could yeah. it ever be, though, that they were like, we need another song? It could be. We just need a song. This That's one's true. done. Let's just put yeah. it on here. Which yeah. is funny to me because I'm like, you don't. You just keep it uh, one less. Yeah. And yeah. Also, it probably meant something then. Yeah. yeah. But also, I, sometimes they will just drop a random song. Like, they yeah. dropped uh, one Christmas. They were like, hey, we wrote a song for the new James Bond movie. They didn't like it. Here it <laughs> That's is. That's right. That's and so cool. I what? love it. Yeah. yeah. The, there's hope at the end of that song. Exactly. Though. Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of this album is building to hope. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. I have like a, a story about this one. This is also one of the more popular ones, and I'm like, this is how you get people in Radiohead. Yeah. yeah. They still play this live. I yeah. Think. It's so jazzy. <laughs> I hope you never tell us the story about this one. The thing is, I have to wait until yeah. a certain part <laughs> of it to explain the story. I always love that they, and they have three guitarists ostensibly in this band. Yeah. And they're playing less and less guitar these mm-hmm. days. I mean, like, uh, what was the second album? The Benz. Benz. Yeah. Very guitar. Yeah. And then they have steadily rethought how they approach guitar. Yeah. It feels like they started approaching, like, electronic instruments, and then this is the album where they, or, like, they did Hail to the Thief, and people were like, this is a little more guitar, and this was right. their album where they're like, we're going to try and find the good mix of mm-hmm. yeah the two and it also seemed like there was less and less for the drummer to do but then they tour with two drummers now <laughs> yeah and there are sometimes well they there's w- percussion going on all left they right. will play this song they're there in which two of the guitarists bring out drums and are playing drums and at that point they have four drummers on stage yeah. <laughs> and one person playing guitar and i'm just like this is ridiculous but i love it I, so I think story was the wrong word, but it's a thought I always have about this song because someone pointed it out once and I can never unhear it. Uh, the guitarist name, uh, or one of the guitarists again, uh, in this band is Ed O'Brien, and there's a part where he sings the backup vocals. Oh, yeah. And it's, everyone has made the joke that he, it sounds like he's screaming his own name because it's like, <laughs> Ed. And I, I think of it every time and it makes me laugh. I'll, I'll mention it when you're about to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like I want some credit here. Yeah. That's so funny. They 
right here. <laughs> he just keeps singing. Ed! Funny. Hey, Ed, did, what lyrics are you singing for me? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. You have to write it down. All right. All right. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> It does needing to be heard. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> He's very tall. Important oh, yeah. information, guys. He's very I, tall. I'm pretty sure I saw him at Little Dom's once and I was freaking out and I texted a friend to be like, I think Ed O'Brien's in Little Dom's and I just kept walking by outside the window just trying to be like, I don't want to be weird, but I need to figure out if this is him. <laughs> and then I was just kind of like I saw him at an angle where I was like, oh, it might not be him. And I was like, that's enough for me to just say it wasn't him. And I just walked home and I was like, Aww. it wasn't. It's fine. I don't need this stress. But maybe it was. I don't need the stress. <laughs> it wasn't him. I'll always second guess myself with celebrity. Yeah. Like, I, I'm always wrong. Or, like, I'll, it'll be somebody who looks nothing like the person. <laughs> but then when I'm, I'm by myself, I'm like, I'm almost positive. I had a sighting. I had a celeb sighting the mm -hmm. other day. Jacob Soboroff. From MSNBC. <laughs> oh, I, I could not tell you who that is. I don't he's, know who that uh, is he's like an on-location guy, but mm. he's like <laughs> you made that sound so sexy. But he was—he's very—he's very handsome. Oh, okay. And so he walked in. I was like, "Is that just a handsome man, or is that Jacob Soboroff?" And I—he was like very. It was in a like a hospital um, cafeteria essentially, and he was like held the door open for people. He was like very nice. Mm. He tipped on something that was like, he bought like a bottle of water or something like that. Sweet. He tipped at a hospital cafeteria. I was like, it was pretty Big cool. Expender. Big And I was like, I kind of want to like tell him, but then I was like, what a weird thing to be like a news groupie. I mean, they exist though. It, they mm. do. Yeah. And also I always overthink and I go like, well, what do I hope to gain from this? <laughs> right. A date? I will yes. say, yes, 100%, 100%. I wanted to go on a date with him. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I feel like sometimes people do like being approached in public and just being like, I like the thing you do. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's also such a mixed bag because sometimes they're just like, I, uh, yeah, I, a lot of people do. I don't need this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, well, how do you measure it? I don't know. Yeah. It, it felt weird to yeah. do it. So I didn't. I, I regret it. I did immediately text my friend just being like, do we know what his wife looks like? Can we, because I was like, he's with people. If I can confirm that this person looks like his <laughs> wife, then I can confirm it's him. But then I was also just like, what am I going to go up to and be like, hey, I really like the work you do. I'm, yeah. So I was like, never mind. Ugh, this song kills me. This is the one I know. I love this song. Uh... Yeah, I feel like I've always thought of this song as a spiritual successor to Creep because it feels like mm, the same yeah. themes. Mm. But I also feel like when it comes to lyrics with Radiohead, I've never, like with any song, I'm never really too focused on lyrics unless it's like, yeah. oh, it's a very specific lyric or something. But I think with Radiohead, I'm just so into the production that when I think about the lyrics, I'm just like, I didn't even realize this song was about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're a musician, right? I I feel like every time someone says I'm like not really, but I I do play various instruments and like write music a lot. So yeah. I mean, some might say that's a musician. Sure. I yeah. Don't know. I just I, in my head I'm like, well, that means I'm like a musician, musician, and I if I were asked to play a song, I couldn't. Right. But anyway. Right. Right. Yes. But so like you, do you approach music differently? Do you think, or do you do you approach it from a like I listen to music and. I have no musical background. Right. I took piano when I was a kid. I can't read sheet music. I have a hard time differentiating like instruments or Totally. You know what's weird is I'm the same way yeah. and I don't have any musical background. I just kind of tinker with things until I figure it out. Uh, so I don't, I feel like I'll hear songs like this and be like, I can recognize that there are different layers of sounds, but a lot of times, and I may get made fun of for this on my podcast, but I'll be like, oh, you hear this horn thing in, right here, and then it's like, that's a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, but like, right. or it's like, I don't, don't know what certain instruments are called, but I feel like the layering on songs like this are so cool because it's like, you'll hear one instrument doing something like very persistently and then it'll switch up at the weirdest moment or you can like tell that they are using like different types of effects on guitars, but I can never like place what it is. And I only yeah. have like three guitarists, so. 
I feel like they use reverb better than most people. Totally. And, it's, and that's a simple effect that's just uh, sustained echo. I don't know the, another way to describe it. But, right. uh, but they make big choices with it, uh, particularly with his voice. And on this song, where it's like he's in this cavern in a way. Yeah. And it's it makes his voice seem lonelier. Yeah. Yeah. There's something draggy about it too. This like almost sleazy about this song. That yeah, is. I, I feel like with a lot of songs that I really love, when I listen to them over and over, I start to imagine what the music video should be in my head. Yeah. And with this one, I just imagine it's like, like a very happy couple just like talking or whatever and then it's like the camera slides past them you just see Tom York at another table staring at them just like <laughs> that's I deserve that sort of yeah. and that's what this always feels to me just like this weird like sort of desperation of like that should be mine but I to me that's why I'm like it's sort of ironic I guess like I don't think he's actually being like you are all I need I think he's trying to be like this is a a feeling that people have and not necessarily trying to be like well that's true or yeah. that's mm-hmm. what you should be feeling yeah but I don't know. Yeah. So good. I also just love how at the end of this, it just sort of gets very bombastic with the yeah. like symbols just going insane. Yeah. 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 They're so good at the build. Yeah. Uh, and operatic and. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Okay. Big deal. You can count to four. Okay. Yeah. He's really showing off there. <laughs> I love this song a lot, but I think one of the reasons I love it so much is because there is a stripped down version that they do in like the Scottish Highlands. It's Tom oh. York and Johnny Greenwood just like in a, I'm not sure where there, but it's like a very misty like okay. hillside in Scotland. And it was just like literally just a guitar and Tom singing. And they did this entire thing, I think around the time this album came out, called Scotch Mist, where they just performed all their songs in weird uh, contexts. Cool. And that was how I originally like got used to this song. And so I started like getting to actually really listen to the lyrics of this one. And I was like, oh, this feels like it's a song about like drug addiction in a way, hmm. which I just think is so strange because I've never thought of Radiohead as like that kind of a rock band. Right. But right. It just sort of like opens my eyes to what this band is and also just to write a so like a somber sounding song about drug addiction that feels like it's about like just an endless cycle of drug addiction Mm -hmm. is very strange to me especially because the way it's paired with this music feels like it could be really anything but yeah Yeah, it's like this uh, psychedelic. I guess I don't know. It's very delicate, I think. Yeah. 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 Psychedelicate. Psychedelicate. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Would you want to meet him? I've thought about this before, and I think I would but the context would have to be like either it's like oh i'm getting to interview him yeah. and it's like one of those things where like for this i'd have to be also like way more successful it's like oh they set up two people to like interview each other and then yeah. it's like cool i get to talk to him not just being like i love you so much yeah but <laughs> he gets I also, to love you too yes yeah. uh or it's like I, it's like a friend of a friend and i like casually mention like oh i really like your music and then i just like that's it yeah and i'm just like cool we're friends it's a game night let's have some fun yeah. mm-hmm. but i'm just kind of like i don't i don't need him to know that how much he means to me yeah. <laughs> do you think he'd be pleasant i think he would be pleasant he seems like he's very shy when he's not on stage but he's still very like i feel, I feel like he can he has like some personality to him that people sort of don't get to see yeah mm-hmm. yeah didn't he come to UCB before? Did we talk about this? What? I feel like he came to UCB once. I would. Yeah, he comes scream. to Sentimental Lady every week and tries to give us the suggestion, and we're always like, Tom, 
That's Stop. not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> what if you did a scene I, I about like a banana? <laughs> yeah, right. When he thanked the audience for coming to the concert that I saw in Austin, it was hilarious. Yeah. He did, he did this pre-written speech and he almost kind of posed as a ballet. He, yeah, he does a lot he, of very like theatrical things on stage and will fun. just tell jokes sometimes and you're always just like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That does feel, diff yeah, I think I need to see, I need to see yeah. him in concert. Oh, I yeah. think the next time they come, I'll, I'll have to go. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs of theirs of all. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love this song a lot. very cool video for it where they basically it was like new technology at the time but they basically were like filming Tom York's face with like this like laser dot matrix thing and then created like a 3d mapping of his face that was just made of like little points and you could like rotate around as he's singing and just like That's see different cool. angles of his face hmm. and they yeah it was really cool do you still want to make music videos oh, I know yeah. you do make music videos but yeah. like you, I that's think still I do. like your. That's like one of my. I think like far down the line, I'm like as much as I'm doing a bunch of different things now. I want to write and direct film, and like one stepping stone to that is like, well, I really want to direct music videos because yeah. it's such a great like visual playground, and that's the coolest thing to me about film. And I feel like it's just every like director that I admire is like, oh well, I made music videos, and yeah. like I watch yeah. their videos, I'm like, yeah, that's you got really cool things out of these, like just getting to make a short film where it's like, yeah, I just want to see Christopher Walken dance or whatever. Yeah. It's like very cool. I don't watch a ton of music videos because I, I didn't grow up with cable. I'd never had MTV, mm -hmm. but I can sit and watch Michelle Gondry. Yes. Videos <laughs> all day. Extremely inspiring to me. Do you see the, I talked about this when we, we did the okay computer episode, but the, cause the big anniversary album had just come yeah. out and the video for I promise. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. With the, the bus going through the some European town, I yeah. decided. And the, the you probably the, traveled the through there in your. I'm travels. sure I was there. <laughs> I'm in that video, listening to Kid A. Uh, yeah, there was sorry, just, I cut you off. No, that, that's there wasn't anything to it, but that it was just like they're so late in their career now, and they still made a video that blew my mind. Yeah, uh. the the three videos they released on that album uh, for the songs that was like they recorded back in 97 but never released like studio versions. I love all three of those videos so much and they're also like the kind of things that I want to do with music videos where it's like they just had a cool idea or like gave it to a director who was like yeah I like this song can I just shoot my own thing for it Yeah, and it works so well. Yeah. But uh, one of the songs uh, is this song Lift which is exactly what I'm always like Radiohead's not a depressing band please listen to this song and it's just mm. uplifting yeah and oh. it feels to me like sometimes i listen to a radiohead song and i'm like it's uplifting and what i imagine attached to this song is somebody dying and then <laughs> seeing like their life flash and it's like oh it's just all these memories of the things you love and i'm like but it's uplifting yeah, yeah. in a positive way yeah. speaking of which that for the first time i had that thought was with this song 
and we did a thing on my podcast where we were talking about uh, this song just piece by piece because we found that the stems existed for it online. So yes. we listened to each individual yeah. uh, oh. instrument of it. And then I was like, I want to explain what I f- feel like I see when I hear this song. And I did, essentially, we played the song and then I did a narration where I was just like, all right, so a man's in a hospital and he's dying. His family's <laughs> there. Grim Reaper shows up and he's not feeling any sadness and he walks into this bright room and he's dead. And I'm, I was just like... I don't know, it seems uplifting to me just to be like, oh, you've accepted death and you're walking into the afterlife and that's what this song makes me feel like. But yeah. my friend Miel's like, what the fuck? And I was like, I get it, but... That kind of, that feels like a very healthy attitude towards both things you've talked about with like, with death in there, but like, it doesn't have to be... Yeah. I mean, it is sad, but it doesn't have to be sad. It's not how I feel about right. death, but in my head it's like, that would be optimally how I'd yeah. want... Like, this song is like... It's how I'd want to feel about death. And so I always think, like, if I'm on my deathbed in a way where I'm like, I know I'm going to die and I've been sick for a while and I'm fine to die, I'm like, I want to play this song as I go. Yeah. yeah. This is, I think, the one where I'm like, this is my favorite album. This is my favorite song. This is, this one is your favorite song Reckoner. on the album? Yeah. There are a lot of times where I will hear a song and then just like be like, I love this song so much and listen to it on repeat and then just write out my own idea of what a video would that. be. Yeah. And the last time I did that was for uh, The Killers with their song, The Man. Uh-huh. And I just like have a giant note document of like, here's what the entire story would be. Here's like, it goes to this part. And then when this line happens, you hear this. And I was just like, I don't know why I do this. I think Amazing. just to get it out of my head. You're passionate about I mean, that's yeah. awesome. I'm very jealous of that to be able to like sit down and do that. To write. <laughs> <laughs> this they released the, the stems for this and also had a contest. Is that yeah. right? To, 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 to remix. Do you remember what that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I remember that contest contest, but I wasn't big into Radiohead at the time. Gotcha. So I was just kind of like, oh, this cool band yeah, is doing was, this cool thing. You they allowed anybody to remix it with the stems, and then a winner got ten thousand dollars, and I think. You could come and see them or something like that. Yeah, and then cool. there was a bunch of people that if you got this sort of second prize, you also got a grand or you got a grand or something like that. So I don't think any band has ever done that. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. have to mention that this is the album that they released initially with pay what you want which oh, yeah. is amazing it really is here's a funny thing i bought this album four times yeah and i own it in four <laughs> different formats for oh, a right. reason i can't fully explain it was like oh i wanted the cd to keep in my car yeah i wanted a digital version because i was like i want it on my ipod and then i was like collecting vinyls like well, I, I you need gotta a have vinyl. it on vinyl right. yeah. yeah and i think that one came with a cd too so i was like mm-hmm. great yeah four copies because you always think you buy something once, you're like, well, I own this forever. And then yeah. it's like, oh, well, things change and like digital stuff doesn't exist forever, but. Do you have a favorite CD that you own? CD? Yeah. It's, they're going to be mixed CDs. Mm. Uh, I have so many, like, really treasured mixed CDs. Yeah. Uh, mm. I don't know. To if I remember, have one. I'd have to, like, go back through. It's probably an Indigo Girls CD. Oh, yeah. Mm. Or um, I, when I went, when I was in college, I traveled through Europe and I was able to bring one Case Logic small thing. Uh, yeah. And in it was, like, there's definitely a Joni Mitchell album. There's definitely, there's a Counting Crows album. There was, uh, and it wasn't even my favorites. It was just like what I needed to listen to then. Totally. Um, it's a good question. Well, now I'm pissed because you've been to Europe too, I guess. <laughs> oh, I've also been to, <laughs> Great. I was born in London actually. Sorry to. Uh, Were you really? I was. Oh. Wikipedia said that and I honestly really <laughs> debated about hailed from London or from Dallas. But I was like, you, it feels like you spent your childhood in Dallas. Oh, yeah. So I put, I, 
I yeah, put I left Dallas. London after like three years. Yeah. I do not remember it at that time. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah, you, I, you, oh, go ahead. I, I was born in Hawaii uh, <gasps> and uh, for the what? first year of my life, yeah. Honolulu, wow. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to tuck that away for the end. <laughs> <laughs> So have you seen them in concert? Yes, I've seen them four times. Yeah? <laughs> so it's great every time. Which yep. has been your favorite? Do you have a... I want to say, hmm, it's a toss-up between the first time I saw them and... I, the first time I saw them was in college. Uh, funny enough, uh, f- uh, my roommate woke me up and was like, hey, dude, uh, Radiohead's coming to play at the uh, stadium that's next to this, uh, the school. And I was like, this isn't funny. You shouldn't have woken me up for this. And he's like, no, really? And he like brought me over to his computer and showed me the thing, and I just got so excited. Mm-hmm. And then like I remember the, uh, the day that tickets were going on sale, I worked at the student newspaper, and I was like, okay, I need to make sure I get these tickets. And I was like, I'm just going to stay up all night and make sure I get the tickets. Because they were like, oh, you can get tickets somewhere between this time and this time and I was like I'm gonna get tickets yeah. and I stayed up in the queue and like refreshed the page like every five minutes while just being like I'll do something else in the office in the meantime and then like the window opened and I refreshed and I was like oh I got it and then I just went I'm gonna buy four and I bought four <laughs> and it was like I'll find friends to go with me uh, and I, I did at a certain point but then I also was like oh I, I, I guess I just didn't have enough people who were like down to go with me and I also was like well I want to go like as early as I can and like wait and get to like the front and my friends were like well it's on a school day so I can't but I <laughs> called out of classes and like waited at the uh, Frank Irwin Stadium oh, from wow. the morning mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to be like this lonely one person there but I got there and I was like seventh and I was like oh this is <laughs> oh, wow. weird yeah. uh, but I remember just that experience being like oh my god I'm seeing them and I was just so blown away yeah, my first time seeing them was at Red Rocks uh, for oh, the Hail to the Thief tour. Oh, man. This song feels like the the poppiest one on the album. Yeah. And I love it for that, but I also have heard that apparently they don't play this live anymore because it's so hard to play. Oh, really? Which to me is crazy because I'm like, this feels like it's pretty straightforward. I don't know what it is about it that's so difficult, but... That always makes me... There's like certain things where then like all I want to do is hear this song in concert. Yeah, then. right. There's like a Wolf Parade song that's just like too high for them to sing so they just don't play it in concert mm. ever and it's like and it's not even I don't even like the song that much but I'm like <laughs> you just want to oh, be, be there for so the... cool if they played this song. I had tickets to see them in New York once and this I didn't live in New York I was like I'm gonna fly up there and see it and then I was like well that's crazy so I gave them to a friend and then I later read that it's like they played this song for the first time in 10 years and I was like kill me <laughs> and then also they did uh, two shows back to back in Los Angeles and I went to both of them because uh, I'm insane. And I was like, come on, they've been playing Creep on this tour again. I want to see them play Creep, and yeah. they didn't do it. And the very next night, they played Creep. Uh, and I was like, why did you do this? I really want to go to Red Rocks just to see a show there. It feels like it'd be very cool. It would have to be Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, oh, okay. that's true. They have a whenever they want residency. Yeah. Two things about this song. One, this is weirdly maybe my least favorite song on the album. Mm. But it's not because I hate it. It's just because I'm like, it accomplishes for me the same feelings that Reckoner does. But Reckoner I like so much more. And this mm. one I've always just been like, ah. The pearly gates, this will be It's very weird and like slow paced in a weird way, but I do like the way that it's like instruments come in and are very weird. And then the second thing is, uh, there's a very cool Vox video about the rhythm of this song and how it's not what anyone thinks. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and they show him performing it, right? Yes. Or, and he gets off or something like that? You think he gets off, oh, but okay. the, well, that was what a phrase. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hearing it the way I want to hear it. <laughs> yes. He's getting off on stage. Uh, but I think it's similar to Body Snatchers in that it's like everyone thinks like, dun, 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 but it's actually like in between the beats. So it's like, dun, dun, dun. That might, breaks my brain. It, it's me too. so crazy. You can hear it near the end, though, because there's a part where like a drum machine comes in and it's on the right beat, and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Right here. It's so weird. I, I still, even having seen the video, I'm like, I, I can't hear it that way. Yeah. You know what's so interesting, and maybe this is a, I don't, I don't know if this is a dumb thing to say or not. This is how I hear Beyonce, too. Mm. Is like, and like, um... Destiny's Child when they first came out like it always felt like offbeat to me the yeah. way oh, yeah. she sings and it it was always so cool because it wasn't offbeat but in my brain like the like it never so easy to sing along to and so good to sing along to but very um like arrhythmic in a weird way mm -hmm. yeah. that I had never heard before yeah and I feel that way about Radiohead too where it's like it's just like hard to keep up but you can still keep up and yeah you, you can move to it but you can't exactly know where that one is right. yeah and without knowing music or like being able to understand music in that mm -hmm. way I think it, it's it's like just very challenging mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh, to me Beyonce is Radiohead oh I agree thank you We should probably transition Let's. into what did we learn today? I have a couple of things. One for sure is that I told you, Deborah, that this album, I, in my Radiohead love, I've skipped over. Um, it came at a weird time in my life, but um, I love this album. I think uh, I, I, I should have, I, not I should have, but I love re revisiting it and in, in putting it up there with all the other great ones because it's so great. Two, I learned about your not dyslexic. Oh, it's called dysgraphia. Dysgraphia, I've never, never known that before. Um, I guess I have a few things as well. I didn't know you were born in Hawaii. Mm-hmm, yes, I'm a sort of an army brat, but not really, like we, my dad was in the army, and when they had my brother, they were up at Fort Ord, uh, California, which doesn't exist, or the, the base doesn't exist anymore. And then they moved to uh, Honolulu. They were stationed there um, uh, for a couple of years, and I was in the I, I arrived in the second year, and then they then were stationed in North Carolina. So uh, we settled in San Antonio when I was four or five so that's why I'm that's where I'm from basically yeah. um, but it was an army uh, station thing I didn't know that yeah. Yeah. and then also I'm I'm ashamed to say this I didn't know about your new podcast it uh, might not is it new I didn't even know I think it's been like a little maybe like a year and a half now. okay so not new <laughs> I also I just I feel like it's one of those things where I'm like yeah it's the thing I do I don't talk about it all the time but that's so cool and yeah, I'd um, I'm going to listen to it because I enjoy well, your you. parodies very much, and I enjoy you very much. Thank you. Um, and I think you're very funny, so I'm excited to check it out. Awesome, thank you so much. Did you happen to learn anything? It's okay if you didn't. <laughs> what if I just went, nope. Uh, <laughs> no, I, first of all, learned a lot about both of you, including everything about Joel. Um, <laughs> but I also feel like I've learned uh, that Joel is a very big Radiohead fan, and you know a lot about Radiohead in a way that I'm like, I'm like, oh, my people. And I feel like it's very comforting because a lot of times when I'll go to like Radiohead concerts or like just wait in line, I'll, there'll be like a camaraderie happening amongst other people. And mm. I will just immediately get this feeling like, I'm not like this though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just nice to be like, oh yeah, we both really like this band. That's like, that's nice to make that connection. Yeah, I feel like Radiohead for me is also just such a thing that I'm like, oh, it's, a band that I like, it's not something that I'm like, everyone needs to like this, yeah. so I feel like I, like, I will mention it a lot as like, oh, I really like this band, but I also try to just keep quiet about it <laughs> until it's like, well, there's a reason to mention it. Yeah. So I feel like whenever I, like, encounter other people who are like, bold, brash, like, make a community out of it, I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. But, yeah. 
uh, I also learned a lot about uh, dysgraphia and the, I, like the disconnect. I mean, I feel like I'm stealing one from Joel, but I, no. that was the big thing. Where I was like, well, I, I feel like I sort of like connect with the feelings of you being like just talking about your Spanish teacher calling you stupid because I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 23. Yeah. Which was like already after like I had gone through all my education and like had a job where I was like, this is really hard. Why is this happening? And then they were like, it's this. And I was like, I want to go to every teacher who called oh, me stupid. Oh my God. Uh, it's, and there's elements of ADD in dysgraphia and it's yeah. so like all of that. It's to, to be able to label it and know why your brain yes. is, is frustrating you in a specific way and learn how to navigate it. It's like, yeah, it's real valuable. Yeah. It's like learning that at any age. It feels like a, a weight lifting off your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. Demia Dejuibe is a writer, comedian, and podcaster hailing from Dallas, Texas. Check out his podcasts, Gilmore Guys, and Punch Up the Jam. He's also written for NBC's The Good Place and The Late Late Show with James Corden on CBS. Find him on Twitter and Insta at ElectroLemon, E-L-E-C-T-R-O-L-E-M-O-N. Demi, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Thank you so much for having me. This is this awesome. Is a delight. Thanks for listening to this particular album is very, very important to me. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at this particular album. Follow us on Twitter at particular album. The show is produced by me, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by James Mulholland. Music by me, Joel Spence. See you next time. Campfire. Hello. 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 Check out our new podcast, Barely, Barely Composed. Composed, with us. Feminity Trio. Each week we write a brand new comedic song with one of our funny friends. Listen and subscribe to Barely Composed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Campfire.